0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Parent to Genius Podcast. For today's mastermind, I have brought to you the one and only Sundar Krishnan. He is an IT expert with over 15 years in the industry, agile coach, a coach, and a lifelong learner. I hope you enjoy our conversation with Sundar. I surely did. And now, let's get into the show. give me a second here, and there we go. Alright Sundar, so I gotta say one well, huge welcome to the Parent to Genius podcast. That is the first ever episode of the podcast after we rebranded it. So my guy, uh I see that you're a lifelong learner. I think that's the one thing that I actually like you know makes me just wanna ask that question. So how do you consume? Like how do you learn? Like what is the way you learn? Is it through audiobooks, just reading or podcasts, videos? Like what's the way you learn? What is the best way for you?
1: Yeah, I'm a traditional guy, so I prefer reading books,
0: but quite some
1: time I have been shifting to digital. So, uh, recent times I started reading uh, Kindle books so, in electronic formats. And uh, I'm not, not just limiting myself to the books, uh, I also listen to a lot of uh, YouTube videos um, where people share their experiences uh, and variety journals, it's not just limited to one particular uh, interesting field uh, i pick variety of topics and uh, apart from books i also listen to podcasts but not regularly uh, and uh, i am also a spiritual guy i listen a lot of spiritual videos listen uh, to a lot of spiritual talks mm-hmm. and uh, motivational speeches so that gives me a boost to keep me going
0: Interesting. And so what is the content like that you're in most right now? Like, is it uh, something like self-help or a particular field that you want to learn? Like, how does that process look like? What are you most into right now? Yeah, it's both. Um, because currently I'm also looking into
1: um, a new career opportunities. So that's where I also start preparing uh, for my interviews and other stuff. So I'm pretty much giving an equal importance for my career. Um, career-wise learning as well as my general uh, knowledge exp- exposure So yeah like you said i also read uh, a lot of self-help books and very recently i'm re- reading the rich dad and poor dad hmm.
0: so uh, I, I saw a pause that you know you wrote an article about like you had a similar story to the context of rich dad when you were like 11 years old i believe I think you wrote an yes. about that. Can you share that story here? Because I think it's going to be super interesting, and I haven't read it unfortunately. So would, would you be able to share it with us?
1: Yeah, sure. So yeah, I'm also part of uh, one of the book reading club. So that we share uh, on a weekly basis, we read one chapter of the book, and we go and present to wider people. So mm-hmm. similarly, people also come and share that. So that's how the event happens. And uh, I was very fortunate to associate with that group uh, quite some time. And very recently I was reading the book Rich Dad and Poor Dad. When I was reading the first chapter, the story what Robert Kioski was sharing was very specifically resonating my story. So the story goes like this. So when I was uh, uh, 11 years old in 1988, I had a similar opportunity where um, my family was little bit financially not doing well but I had a lot of dreams. I want to chase my dreams. I want to get a lot of things because at that age, we, we don't know. Uh, we want everything. We want to conquer the world. Uh, so uh, one of my friends' uh, family was having a parrot at their home. That was a talking parrot. So every time when we visit their home, they start saying a lot of stories. The parrot, was very mischievous. It was talking, it was doing a lot of activities. It was very much fascinating to the whole community there. And uh, when I visited their home, they, they were showing us, and slowly I also got fascinated about getting a pet to my home. But my parents were not uh, allowing me to buy the one. That was the first constraint and I had. And then they also said, um, I'll not give any money to you. If you want, you, you are and you get your bid so then i started thinking okay i should earn money but i don't have any plans what should i go and uh, do about this then i was discussing my with my friend he was also uh, of similar thought process because he also needed some money to buy some stuff then he said uh, why don't we try something which people would uh, buy soon then we were uh, in India at that time it was very popular, uh, people buy a lot of lottery tickets, so we also wanted to try something like that, we built device an idea, so whatever the cardboards we had at home, uh, we prepared some random chips and then stick onto it and took it to our neighbors. So they buy those tickets, lottery tickets from us and we promised if they get any gifts, we'll assured, we will be assured, you will be assured that you will get a gift. Within the next two days, because we don't have money to invest and buy the gifts upfront. so that's how we invested and then uh, we within two days we got uh, a decent amount, and then we also had to buy and give them gifts, so we left with very little amount at the end. That was not sufficient for me to get a pet, as well as I also need to get some cage to keep it at home, right? Then I was discussing with uh, my friend, but he was not interested to continue with me. He said, I, I got my past <laughs> stuff, so I'll leave uh, you take care of your um, dreams. Then I realized, okay, so when you want to chase your dreams, it's you sometimes you have to struggle alone, right? You have to devise your own way of reaching uh, your destiny. Then I um, prepared some plan and then I went to a re- uh, retail vendor in my uh, street it was around the corner and then i asked him so can you give me some uh, discount uh, some products um, which I can get in a discounted price so he was very happy to give that for a 11 year old boy so he said i can give you but you have to pay me on a weekly basis i agreed i will pay him and then he gave me a little uh, extra for me very initially then i brought that and sold, sold back. Uh, within my community, and then week after week, I slowly started spending that, and then by end of next two months, I pulled a very good uh, sum of money, and I bought my pet as well as I bought some toys, and I had my own comics, which I was uh, looking for a very long time, and then I gave some money to my parents, so that was my first income, and I learned a lot during that time selling is a very big thing it's not easy right as we see because when a lot of people come to our doors and sell stuff we just reject them we don't understand their pain but it's not so easy when you go on to the road and you start selling something and i understand the value of the money it's not easy to earn you have to do a lot of hard work and similarly when you start getting a lot of success, people also start giving a lot of advices to you. Don't do this. Don't do do this. Because for a 11-year-old boy, study is primary activity, right? Because people don't encourage you to spend time in earning money. Because they think if you don't get good grades, you'll be spoiled. You'll not get a good job. And your future will be a big question mark. So, so a lot of threats came to me like that. And then I suddenly started feeling like, okay, am I doing something wrong? So I stopped entirely that activity. And yes, that's how things happen. Right? When uh, you start doing something, a lot of people come to you and say, they discourage you. At times they do it for a good purpose because their intention may be good for, for your benefit. But you have to make your choice. You have to make your dreams. Otherwise you will not succeed. So a lot of lessons I learned from that. And when I was reading the Robert Kierski book, he mentioned a similar story. He was collecting toothpaste tubes from his neighborhood and he was trying to get nickel coins out of that because he understood that's so how he can make money. So the story was pretty much resonating with my story. So, I thought I, I, I should share with the wider group.
0: Gonna make a clip, about uh, you know, I'm just gonna like cut out that part from the podcast. I'm just gonna put it on all social media. Very valuable. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, so you know, I can't say I'm like a comic book nerd, but were those comics like DC or Marvel, or, or were they like some kind of like Indian type of uh thing? Like, what were you reading? Uh, with those comics, like, was it Marvel, DC, or something else? Yeah, pretty much they are Indian. Comics. Oh, that nice. Yeah. nice, interesting. And so uh you know, as you realize that it's not easy to make money because I think that's pretty valuable that you just learn it from such a young age. Um, how did you understand that the discouragement from the other people was actually like they, they tried to help you? Like uh did you see like any discouragement from your parents, for example? And if you did, like how did you accept that first? Did you like got angry or did you like understood that it was for your, it was for the greater good, like they wanted to help you out? Because I see with, you know, a lot of young people, including me, myself, I'm guilty about it. Um, I always see the bad picture when someone criticizes me about like, if I do something well, then the next thing they say is just be cautious, um, try to do something easy, which is kind of paradoxical. And you've, you've probably like seen that even before I did because you started at eleven. Uh, how did you deal with that at first, as an eleven-year-old boy's mindset? Like, how did you deal with that first?
1: Yeah, that that was a tough decision because when the people criticize at that age, you will definitely get uh, feel guilty. You will get angry first because people, uh, you don't, you cannot go them, right? So when people say you just have to listen, otherwise you're you're not an disciplined student or a disciplined kid right? so people will not accept you Uh, so it was tough and even my parents uh, were saying that but slowly they understood Um, my intention was not to shift completely from my studies to doing something else but it was one of the choices I made to make some quick money to get my dream but they supported me further because then I started uh, uh, building my um, pit habit, so I got a lot of uh, other pits at home, I started breeding them. I was building kind of a small business at that time, for at least one to two years. I was making little money which was supporting me uh, for my studies as well. So they, they agreed and they accepted. But the community was not like that. A lot of people were different, so they think you shouldn't be doing that at this age. That's not the right way to do so, you have to study, well otherwise, you will not get a job. So, this, a lot of trips because you don't know the future, right? How the job will be, what will be your tomorrow. So, when people say you just have to accept it. So, yeah, everything was fantasized at that time. Yeah.
0: And, you know, because I see that when you've had the first success, you know, with, then you start like other businesses, you've had like a, a high level of self reliance, you know which I believe is like one of the most important traits and when the others didn't see the big picture how did you remain true to yourself how did you believe in yourself because uh, you know like we're coming back to it but as kids we kind of like we kind of like to blame ourselves for some stuff and as we get like older teenagers we kind of like to blame others but <laughs> that's another topic so um how how did you keep that self reliance like i can imagine like someone at 11 years old like you know just working hard like earning his own money that's a high level of self reliance how did you keep that going and how do you think we can actually achieve that like that high level of self reliance that you had and still have yeah
1: that's a good question um, so in my opinion we shouldn't be keeping a very big goals at the initial because when you fail you'll be completely uh, off track of your objectives uh, rather, I would say, um, even I follow like set small goals, I try to achieve that and then I, I just scale it up. So that's how I, I plan my goals. Because I, if I want to do some, even to do some study or whatever, if I want to learn some new skill, initially I take some time. I try to make a plan. Initially I make a plan, but I will not plan it for next five years. My plan will be maybe probably one month or maximum up to three months. Because I don't know whether after three months I will be in the same uh, mood or same interest to continue that, right? So I will not be making very big plans initially. I will make a small plans and then I'll try to achieve, try to break it down and then achieve it. Once I achieve it, that success itself will make you self-reliant because it will push you to work hard towards. Because once you uh, get one step forward and you succeed and you got some, Uh, benefit out of it that itself will push you and keep it
0: going and how small do you think those goals should be should they be like daily monthly or weekly how does that process look like
1: yeah it it depends on uh, person to person right because um, again what is my threshold what is my capacity of uh, accepting failure or giving up if i give up very soon i should keep it as simple as simple and as small uh, time limit otherwise i'll be failing and then i'll give up give up very sooner so probably even uh, if it is too frequent also you will be kind of frustrated right because every half a day or every one every other day if you keep your goals that also will be kind of driving you Um, someone is kicking on your ass so that's that's that may not be working well So you need to have a balanced frequency probably two to three days or probably one week
0: and so how do you hold yourself accountable to those goals do you use journaling or like do you schedule the stuff like how do you hold yourself to that goal
1: yeah i I do journaling Hmm. i I take notes because when you write something it sticks your into your mind and people say it deeply has an impact in your subconscious level right that's right. That's why when you write, you remember a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I follow writing physically uh, in my diary or in the notebook. I write my goals and I re- revisit regularly. If possible, I do that before I go to bed or uh, as soon as I wake up in the morning.
0: And you know, how, how do these notes look like? Um, do you like just write out everything that is in your mind? or do you structure them in some way?
1: Yeah, initially I, I, I draft whatever it comes to my mind. Uh, I don't want to uh, uh, destroy that flow. I just let that flow happen. I'll write whatever it comes, maybe one to two pages. Then I'll make it in a structured way, in, in the upcoming notes, maybe the third or fourth page. I make it as a, a kind of a bullet points. I'll cut down all the unwanted words, and then i take the keywords and write it down and fill it down to
0: a bulleted list interesting so you look at them every night then every morning uh, is that right hmm. yes so when you wake up um by the way when do you wake up do you wake up early? do you like to sleep in like how how does your sleep schedule look like just um that's a, a tricky question
1: because uh, it's been very re- irregular these days, but uh, uh, earlier I used to wake up a little early, probably around 6, between 6 to 7 a.m. Yeah, well,
0: yeah. 6 to 7, that's that late, man. Uh, that was early yeah. for me, because
1: I, I sleep a little late, I, I read books in the night, Yeah. so I spend a little more time in the night
0: before I sleep. Uh, so when you wake up is like is your first act is your first action like looking at the journal or do you like have uh, a ritual that, in, that involves your journal or do you just like look at it you know you just wake up you know get up or pick it out from your for example like if you if you sleep with it like that is close to your pillow do you just like pick it up or do you do some kind of ritual and then just include the journal in? It?
1: yeah Uh, I do it in two parts, like uh, as soon as I wake up, I just try to close my eyes and visualize the thing. So what I have done yesterday and then I try to recollect that. Because at times if you have done something good, so that gives a feel good factor right to you. And you feel a little bit energized. And then I physically uh, take my diary or notes and then I also review that once.
0: You know it's funny when you talk about visualizing. Um, I'm gonna ask you a uh, what do you say tricky question again because you know I've also tried that and like when I visualize I try to do like first person. You know just like not third person because like third person I've learned that if you visualize in a third person you're you will know, fantasize, it's not the same. At least that's what I learned. So how do you visualize? Like do you do third per- uh, third person or like first person? How's that process look like?
1: Yeah, I see uh, from a third-person view, so I watch like a movie, yeah. so I also see myself in the movie, It's so it's a little bit tricky, <laughs> so you, you see yourself in the movie as well as you also see yourself from the third point, third-person view, because that gives a better judgment, um, because when you are stuck in your problem, you will not be able to come out soon, right? But if you look at from a third-person angle, that, uh, that at times, it helps us to uh, identify where you are making that mistake or where you need to refine your process, something like that, you may get through.
0: So, you know, it's like the stoic kind of perspective, you know, um, I've read that from the Obstacle is the Way book, like, look at the problem from third perspective, like, or third person, and, you know, that's when you, like, can solve it. You know, you know that's pretty interesting, um, I gotta try. I've always been, I've always done the first question, and so, so after you look at the journal, uh, do you like actively think about the notes? Like, do you think? Uh, do you have questions like, "Oh, so how can I contribute to that goal today? Like, what action can I take to to achieve that goal today or move closer to it? Or do you just like look at them so you can like memorize and stick to your Why? No, I will not be um,
1: pushing myself too much in the morning because uh, at times it drains your energy if you are not doing well, right? If you are done well, then it may add a value. If you have not done well, then uh, that may drain your energy for the rest of the day. So, I will not be putting too much emotions to it. But before retiring, before getting to sleep, I visualize, I walk, I run that movie once. There, I will attach my emotions. I will see emotionally, I will try to feel that okay, if it is succeeded, even if it is failing, because at times you need that pinch, someone has to pinch you, right? Then only it will help you to go move forward. So I take that pain in the night, but I will not do it in the morning. First thing. Again, it depends. I'm not saying uh, this is the way you should be doing, it, but it works.
0: Yeah, and how long do you visualize? couple of minutes or maybe 10 minutes 15 minutes or like one or two minutes
1: yeah probably one or two minutes
0: mm-hmm. yeah so you don't like indulge in a daydream like stay because you know you just visualize for a short period of time and then you're just like okay so now it's time to focus on the task Interesting. yeah when you're doing
1: too much then uh, because you know right uh, one of the thing that uh, that is uh, killing or draining us more is our self-talk, so what we talk to ourselves because I read somewhere today uh, like people are spending 77% with self-talk, that too negative self-talk everyday so obviously if you do that in the first thing in the morning so your day will be filled with too much negative emotions so I will not be doing that in the morning so I will try to visualize quickly and then I uh, will move forward, I will just take, take my notes and then see what is there for me to do today and then I'll just leave it there. But before night I'll review it a little bit carefully. I'll make all the plans and suggestions or corrections, whatever I need to do. I'll do it in the night.
0: Yeah, uh, by the way I really like what you said about the self talk part because you know we saw it like we all have uh, some weird monologue, like inner monologue in our head, like you know, you just feel like there's a there's a second person in your brain, but that just, like, your voice is telling you, okay, so what if that fails? You know, anxiety and uh, stress, you know, uh, a lot of different stuff out there, but, um, have it, you know, you probably experienced it, but if you have experienced, like, that negative inner monologue, how did you learn to, like, control it? Because we can't get rid of it, but how did you learn to control it, or are you still trying to control it? The more you resist, it will
1: persist. So um, We shouldn't be trying to control it, but rather we need to try to refill it or replace it with something else. So that will work better. So what I do is normally I take some deep breaths. So I'll count some numbers and then I'll take a deep breath. So our breath and emotions are much Mm interconnected. So if you're very in anxiety mode or anger, you can see you have a heavy breathing, right? If you are very nervous, you can feel that your breathing is very abnormal, it will be going up and down like uh, crazy. So I will not be doing that. Uh, so if I want to control my emotion, I will try to do it physically by controlling my breath. So if you slow down your breath, normally you, your mind also gets a little bit calmer and it
0: thinks a little bit clearly. And so, do, are you doing like breathing exercises just like just like breathing exercise, or do you like do whole meditation session? Um,
1: no, I'm not doing it uh, as a full session, but I'll do it a little bit just to uh, shift my mindset, I'll use it as a tool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes you know maybe, maybe you know journaling is kind of meditation right you know if we, if we gotta be yeah. honest um and so talking about meditation i believe like reading is another is another way of just meditating but really engaging your mind which is kind of contradictory uh a bit on meditation but like for me it's another way of meditation and so let's go to reading really so you read before bed how long do you read before bed because and you know how do you allow yourself to just chill out? Because uh, when you read, for example, a nonfiction book before bed or something inspirational before bed, it's like your mind is just thinking about how how he uh, how it can get up and like do something. So how do you calm that mind? Uh, and what do you read before bed? Um, mostly I read uh, self-help
1: books. Um, very rarely I read some stories, but. Uh, Normally I read some self-help books. And also at, some, at times I watch some YouTube videos. Uh, I'll be uh, splitting that time probably kind of 30 minutes or so. And I'll not be rushing to finish a chapter by uh, within the same day. I don't restrict myself like that. Whatever I want, I'll read it. Probably if I don't understand it, I'll uh, re-review it and the following day. Or, I'll leave a gap one or two days and then I'll do a re-reading. I will not be pushing myself too much, yeah. because that's uh, like you said, it's, it will disturb our sleep. If you're giving too much work to your mind, then the mind will be completely disturbed, and then it will not let you sleep properly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Totally. And you know, uh, it's funny because I, you know, I've, I've done that for a long time, which I really I regret doing. Like just washing up to finish a chapter, like a page, just like you feel that is. Um, okay, so it's the last page, I gotta finish it, and then I can go to sleep, or, or then, oh, so I can't sleep, what is going on, you know, and, like, you're totally normal. That has caused, at least for me, something called a reading slump. Like, uh, the next day, I just hate reading. And the last day, I just love it. Like, I love consuming that content, and the next day, I just hate it. And it, it can go on for, like, one or two weeks. Have you experienced that kind of slump? yes yeah. sometimes that that urge
1: pushes us <laughs> so yeah we so we need to try to come out of that just by practicing we, we should reward ourselves yeah i have done a good job just it's one or two pages you have done a good job <laughs> so yeah, yeah. there is no harm in uh, leaving it aside and then you, you do it on the next day
0: and how do you reward yourself you your life such as the love like, do you uh, eat something sweet or like do you watch TV? How does that reward system look like for you?
1: Um, it depends. Again, uh, sometimes I eat sweets or chocolates, and sometimes um, I, watch movie. I watch a movie. I watch a movie, and at times I'll, I'll just shut down everything. I'll just watch movie. I'll not read a book, I'll not read a, uh, watch any mo- uh, videos or anything like that. Sometimes we need to break that habit also, that's good. Because if you make it very routine, that also uh, makes you uh, getting bored easily. Because if I read every day, every and day, all seven days if I read, so sometimes uh, I'll feel like guilt, I'm not enjoying my life. Yeah. So I am doing this, right? So at times it's good to break that good habit, but not too frequently. So I'll just, one day I'll shut down completely, or I feel something like that. I watch a movie, I do something different, which
0: I'm not doing. Yeah. Right. You know, sometimes really it feels like doing a chore, like when you want to watch something like or just learn something. When you've done it for so long, it just feels like a chore, and you know, I, I really relate to that feeling because um, sometimes when you do it long enough, like you said, doing a good habit excessively. It feels empty because you don't get the same benefit because it's really like a build up habit, you've done the journey. So then you rest up, then you start the journey again and you're all good. Uh, but what kind of movies do you watch? Do you watch like documentary type movies, comedy, horrors, ec- action? Like, how does that look I like? I prefer comedy
1: because comedy has a lot of uh, intelligence, right? <laughs> so when they say uh, a small joke, that has a lot of carries a lot of intelligence so i like those kind of uh, um, dialogue oriented comedies and uh, at times i watch horror movies and i pick different uh, i'm not restricting myself like i should watch one only one particular category i'm not restricting myself
0: yeah so um (laughs) I guess we discovered so much now, but like I have having really a lot of questions about the flow we mentioned before. Uh, because, you know, you mentioned that you are in like a flow when you're writing on your journal, like ideas are flowing, you're, you're making the list. Uh, what do you yes. think causes that flow? Is it the journaling itself or did you like do any ritual before it? i'm curious to see how that works for you how do you get into the flow which unlocks our inner einstein only the tidbits that actually help us uh, reach that state so yeah so yeah we should try to cut down other
1: thoughts. when you want to journal you just need to focus that because if you start thinking okay i have to take a bath today i need to go somewhere else Uh, i need to go and meet my friends if you think multiple things, your mind will be too much uh, disturbed, right? Uh, so if, if you clutter your mind so much, then it will not think clearly. So it will also do um, 50-50 job. So we should try to avoid that, and probably we should give that uh, space only to think about your journal. So I, I just think about my journal. So this is this is what I want to do today, and uh, This is my goal for next one week. So, what I should be doing? I just put that question to my mind. I'll just leave it, uh, let it settle for few minutes. I'll not force it. Probably five minutes, ten minutes, sometime I'll leave it. Or sometimes I'll go for a walk and then I pick some water and then I drink and come back and and then I'll start uh, thinking about it. So the mind will work on the back of your head and then it will start giving you the inputs and as soon as i sit the ideas will keep flowing most of the time it works but if you try to do multiple things then you will be distracted
0: interesting um, so the, like at the beginning when you were just like starting to journal which i guess was like before a long time um, you always like had troubles like declaring your mind and so do you think you achieved like that mental focus through just practice or did you like do something differently the next thing the next time so you show you more focus or did you just like do trial and error just like you just try to do it every day you know you try to do it every day and that's how your mind got used to it how did you declare it
1: yeah that's that's difficult because uh, it also depends on our mood so if you are very um, in a happy state so whatever you command your mind will listen to you but you are little bit disturbed then uh, it's very difficult to get that focus so we need to evaluate like what is the level of comfort i am having today if i want to journal something if it works for me let me keep that flow and start writing if it doesn't work probably i should not be pushing it I may, maybe i'll be leaving it for some time and then once it settles down and then i will
0: revisit interesting i never heard that moods can uh, influence our focus um so that means that when you're angry or like sad you know it's common sense but you can really focus but it's not like focusing uh, like the whole thesis of it. Like just, um, you know, shutting out everything else and just focusing on one thing. So therefore, aren't emotions like, um, how you say it, they don't matter? Why do emotions matter when you, when you try to focus?
1: Uh, can you give me some examples? Uh,
0: yeah, so, for example, when I am angry. When I'm angry, uh, I'm just gonna like make up that weird character. So, when that character is angry, he writes the best. And you know, uh, people like Robert Greene, the author of Mastery and like uh, 48 Laws of Power, he says that he writes out of place of anger. But his writings are so good, so therefore he should be focused on his writing. So, therefore, he excludes that emotion. But mm. you're saying that. People are really more focused if they have a better mood. So that's what I'm really curious about. Because it obviously works for him. He, he, he got angry and he wrote. He wrote, he wrote, and he got a couple of bestsellers. I mean, that guy is damn good. <laughs> so why, why do you think the mood really influence our focus? I'm really interested about in the interest about that. Because there are examples that say that people in a bad mood still did well. Yeah. So, if you are trying to um,
1: bring that mental picture for a purpose, then it will work. But if you are really hang- angry, so for, for a reason, for a different reason and if you are trying to bring that attention to your work, most of the times it will not work, right? So, that is what I feel. But intentionally if you can uh, stimulate that anger uh, because anger also gives you a lot of dopamine and adrenal rush so you can perform better so in sports people try to uh, get that anger right because that gives them the spirit of winning spirit so now yeah, you can use it as a tool for for your benefit but to sustain it i think you need to be in a higher state uh, you cannot be always in anger or in a, uh, or in a very confused state or in an agitated mood to do or perform better that will not be a sustaining solution for you that's what I feel.
0: That was gold. So um, Sundar, before we wrap it up, I'm gonna give you a chance here to like say all your contacts, every social media you can name. I'm gonna put them all in the description, and yeah, all power to you now.
1: Yeah, I don't want to pick one name because um, last year, one year I, I I have been very active in uh, LinkedIn and have made quite good friends um, outside the professional network so uh, I want to thank each one of them and including you because I'm learning from everyone so I'm very open to learn and, uh, I'm looking forward to make uh, and reading these good connections to my lifetime
0: all right so LinkedIn is going to be the main thing and and do you want to share like an email with her because some people including me are like uh, you know, like just doing email the old way because sometimes it's more personal and stuff like that but that just like we can make a whole podcast about it so do you want to include email in that contact if you're just like you can connect with me you on know, linkedin that's what you need to know
1: <laughs> yeah uh, i think linkedin should work Alrighty. probably we can share it from there yeah.
0: all right so now we come to the last question um Sundar, where do you find your inner Einstein? Where in which field do you feel you, you find your inner Einstein, your real flow, your inner genius? Where do you find it in your, uh, in your case? Um, most of the time, it starts
1: from my imagination. That's what I would say, because that's the ideation state. Um, I think, um, because I do write poetry. Uh, in my um, in my native language so then whenever, whenever i sit to write something and um, i immediately visualize things i don't sit with a pen and paper first i try to visualize maybe i will do a walk or something whatever i'm comfortable i will be doing that and as soon as the words start flowing then i'll sit and then start writing that's that's the way i do it. so it works for me most of the time
0: awesome man yeah. all right sandara that was a great call my friend i hope the listeners liked it because i sure did like i enjoyed every second of it and thank you for coming on the show i'm i'm just gonna have you again man like probably sooner or later i'm gonna have you on the podcast again and again thank you for your time today and i'll see you soon